Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. All right, for this episode, we're going to pick up where we left off from before the holidays on our continuing series on L. Ron Hubbard's discovery and description of the administrative scale of importances, or admin scale for short. And I think this is now our 14th episode on the subject. When you, the listener, has kept insisting I covered the admin scale, I don't really think you knew what you were in for. But don't say I didn't warn you. This is one of the most embraced subjects in the entire Hubbard management system, so much so that uh, factually we've been discussing many of the levels of the scale without mentioning it. Over the past three years, we've been recording business-wise. Nonetheless, we've been covering many of the highlights of the subject in this current series, and it's been quite a bit of fun. If you've been following the entire series episode by episode, congratulations on sticking this far. We are now over the hump. After 13 episodes, we are now about to start on the second half of the admin scale, the last five levels of the scale, or halfway down, in other words. Whew. If you think it's a marathon to listen, try and imagine putting these together. But by the number of downloads we're getting on each episode, you are listening, and I appreciate it. And more than that, we're getting a lot of feedback from listeners uh, writing in and saying that they're creating their own admin scale as they follow along. And that makes us very happy because here at YZ Stress, that's what we're doing this for, to help educate and motivate you into using this miraculous Harvard management system. That brings to mind the other day I was privileged to see an event that was acknowledging some of the most philanthropic people on earth. And not only was I gratified to see so many of our wise members stepping up and being awarded for their generosity, but how often their role in wise was mentioned. It really connected the dots for me how valuable this knowledge is and how our members have continued and are continuing to flourish and prosper despite the insanity of the pandemic and our current times. If you need any testament as to the effectiveness of Mr. Hubbard's brilliance on the subject of administration, I think that is all you need right there. Just see some of these award presentations. Our members are, in a word, awesome. And so I just want to take this opportunity to thank you from our hearts here at Wise Easter S for all you do for mankind. I just wanted to say that. Okay, so now let's tackle this sixth level of the admin scale, which is projects. Now, Shakespeare's famous protagonist, Hamlet, is often quoted as saying, the play's the thing, when he describes his intention to use a play as a means to expose the guilt of Claudius in the murder of his father. Well, in modern business, it might be more effective to use a project to get something done. So we took a few liberties with that quote. Apologies to Shakespeare. So we titled this one, The Project's the Thing, because um, if you've been following business-wise, if you've been following this series and you're starting to write programs, and I know many of you are, you may be still running into bugs. And the reason you're running into those bugs is you actually need to write a project, okay, or more than one. So per Mr. Hubbard, so a project is defined by Mr. Hubbard as the sequence of steps written to carry out one step of a program. Project orders often have to be written to execute a program step. These should be written, but usually do not require any approval and often are not generally issued, but go to the person or persons who will accomplish that step of a program. Under the category of project would come 
orders, work projects, etc. These are a series of guiding steps which, if followed, will result in a full and successful accomplishment of the program target. This from 29 February 1972. So you're looking at a program is, if you've been following the series so far, you know that a program is writing out the steps needed to carry out a plan. So if you do your plan, your strategic plan or your overall plan to accomplish the goal or to accomplish the purposes and so forth, that by itself will not be executed if you do not put it in a target form. So we did earlier episodes on what a target is. You should listen to those episodes. It's very, very important because what we're actually discussing here is the implementation of target technology or the know-how of how to utilize targets. And you're going to have targets on your programs to get done and they will themselves need to be broken down further. To clarify this, he gives another definition. He says the program is the big solution to a problem. The big problem is solved by a big solution called a program. The little problems inside that big solution are solved by projects. And inside the projects, the littler, littler problems are solved by orders. So you have a hierarchy here. You have programs, which implement the planning but sometimes they need to be broken down further into projects. And then the projects are further broken down into orders. And that's how you get things sorted out. How that's, that's how you make your advances and so on and execute your, your planning to achieve your goals. Now, if you started to write programs, as I mentioned earlier, and I think we spent four or five episodes on programs, I'd be willing to bet that you're still running into problems here and there trying to get these programs done. And I'll tell you why, because some of these targets you wrote in your fancy program need a down-to-earth project to get done. But note the difference between a project and a program. The program is generally authorized by top management. If you've been given a program to get done or several targets out of a program, let's say you're over the sales department and you're the owner of the company and his executives and so forth have written, have uh, devised a strategic plan. They've written a program to implement that. They give you your target, which is, you know, Put in the brand new, uh, sophisticated uh, contact relationship management software program, the CRM, the database, in other words, to uh, increase the efficiency and effectiveness of the sales department. So you've got this target now from the program to implement this CRM, and uh, you're trying to implement it, and it's just not going in. You know, the salespeople are like complaining about it. It's like, we don't, we like our old system better, and... Uh, you know, why are we doing this? And I don't like computers and, you know, that's not my style. And why do I have to push this button? And they're complaining about it. They're not using it. They keep resorting to their, you know, their uh, phones and the, you know, the identities they've accumulated in their notebooks or whatever they've done. Right. And you're going, ah, how am I supposed to implement this target? Well, you need to write a project, but you don't need to get that cleared by anybody. Why not? Because you're implementing a program. The program is authorized. So you're welcome to write a project at a lower level of management to implement a program target. You don't have to get that necessarily clear because the program's already cleared and the program is already aligned with the strategic planning. You, you see the difference between a project and a program. So we're going to go into this now in some detail. The article I'm going to take this from is from the 19th of August, 1971. It's entitled programs use of how to save useless work and we're going to clear up a couple of words in here because they come up in the reference the first is the word situation now one of mr hubbard's definitions for situation would be quote something that applies to survival 
If you evaluate the word situation against survival, you've got it. A good situation is a high level of survival. A bad situation is a threatened survival. And a no situation is something that won't affect survival. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay. So what would be an example of a bad situation? Okay. So, you know, you're camping in the Rockies and, you know, uh, a grizzly bear sticks his nose in the tent. That's a situation. That's a bad situation. It threatens survival. Right? Or you have a mysterious crash in sales. That's a situation. That's a bad situation. Or maybe you have a sudden affluence in sales. All of a sudden you got customers coming in and you actually have them kind of hanging off the walls and you're, they're lining up and you're like, what happened? That's a good situation. That's a high level of survival. So a situation can go either way. So then he says, he also uses the word a why, W-H-Y. That's a very important term and very often misunderstood. And per Mr. Hubbard, the definition of a why is the real reason found by the investigation. Why? We have a situation. There's a grizzly bear with his nose in the tent. Why? That's a situation, but why? Oh, you idiots. You kept your food in your tent. Anybody knows you're supposed to hang your food from a tree limb well away from the tent. And uh, that would be your why. It actually opens a door to handling. If you can get, <laughs> probably your first thing is get the hell out of the tent. <laughs> Hopefully you can get out of the back of the tent. But uh, regardless, you know, this will resolve the problem if you stop putting the food in your tent. All right. That would probably resolve that problem. All right. So that would be that situation. Now we're talking about the sales situation crashing. It's the real reason found by the investigation. So you're going to investigate why is our sales crashing? Now, there's some other definitions of why. Very important. He says, here's another definition from Mr. Hubbard. We find what caused the situation, which we call a why. Okay, sales are crashing. Why? Well, the economy is bad. Well, that's not a why. Because this third definition, he says, that basic out is found, which will lead to a recovery of statistics or stats. That basic out and is found, which will lead to a recovery of stats. Is the economy going south going to lead to a recovery of the stats of your sales? No, it's not. It's not a why. The why, by definition, must open a door to a handling. There must be an out and is found, which will lead to a recovery of stats. So you do an investigation and you discover that your salespeople are not keeping very effective track of their contacts, of the number of interviews, the number of prospects that they have. They're not keeping a good record of the prospects. You go, why? My goodness, we don't really, we have this antiquated database uh, for building up our sales pipeline and uh, it's not adequate. It's, uh, it's very primitive. So we do our, we decide that that is our uh, why it does open a door. If we can get these guys being more systematic, if we can start running them statistically on their uh, subproducts, you might say, we can be causative. We can, we can grab the steering wheel here and turn these sales around. 
So we do a whole strap plan on this. We write a program on this. One of the targets is to, you know, get the sales director to implement the new CRM target. Okay. Go forth and implement the new CRM. Are you kidding me, man? Do you know the number of steps it takes to get a bunch of these crusty old sales guys to start using some new trick for these old dogs? You know, you're talking about a project, man. You're talking about steps that need to be taken to get these guys to start being willing to use that database, that new database, that fancy database that you bought at great expense and is just sitting there only in my experience in working with the members, when they get a system like this, and I'm afraid I'm guilty of this as well, we get a brand new uh, computer software program that's going to make things so much easier for us, and we implement about one-tenth of what it can potentially do for us. Because we don't bother to learn it. Why don't we bother to learn it? There's no project written to step-by-step get the program or the, the new database, CRM, implemented. Make sure it's on everybody's computer. Make sure everybody's got the right, what do you got to do? You got to make sure everybody has a computer that can support that pro, that computer program. And I, I'm, I'm hesitating on the word program because you've got program as in what you're implementing from top management. And then you've got, of course, a computer program, which is a CRM. So we'll just use the word CRM from now on. I hope you're following what a CRM is. It's a database that assists the salespeople to market and sell basically to their prospects and customers. Okay. So now we're going to implement this new CRM. First of all, we have to, there should be a project target and, and the sales director can write this, right? Okay. Make sure every salesman has got a computer that will support the new system. Uh, install the new system on every, com- on every computer. Okay. That's another target on the project. Okay. Get everyone to study the, uh, the tutorials that are provided on how to use the system. Check them out and make sure that they've actually studied them and didn't just say they did and they didn't even look at them, right? Like these are targets, bang, 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 that are now, if you do it systematically like that, you're solving the why that, and that will resolve the situation, but you needed to write a project to get that target implemented. You follow. Okay. So now let's go into the article now. I mentioned earlier, the date is 19 August, 1971. And uh, in here, Mr. Robert gives us seven steps that he describes and uses to detect and handle situations, both good and bad. So we're going to go over these seven steps now. So he starts the article. He says, staff time is very often wasted by the failure to use a program project system. So I already gave you some examples. He gives some examples here, but um, we talked about the implementation of the CRM. You might have a, a guy who just gets a bright idea. He's no authorized program at all. He's just going to put in a new CRM and uh, create endless confusion because it wasn't really based on a situation or a why. He just got this wild idea to put a CRM in and all of a sudden your sales are crashing. Now that becomes a situation. What's the situation? Putting in a CRM we didn't need in the first place. So uh, that's why you have to start with your planning Of course, all these things have to align with your goals, your purposes, your policies, and your plans. Top part of the admin scale. But once you have a program and it's authorized, then you should be at liberty to go ahead and rock on. With with your projects. So he says, the correct procedure in ordering staff to any project 
that is going to consume time is to one, step one, see if there is a situation. Hey, there's no situation here. Sales are doing great. It's not broken. Let's not fix it. Okay. Or sales went into a screaming affluence. That's a situation. That's a positive situation. But you better find out how come and reinforce that. If you listen to the earlier episodes on affluences, you'll know why. Uh, but most of the time, the thing that really drags our attention are the crashing situations, the non-survival ones. So see if there's a situation. There's a situation, you know, uh, our sales are crashing. And uh, step two, find out its why. Why? There's a lot of knowledge connected with finding the why correctly. I did do one episode. If you want to look it up, I think it was called Understanding What You Don't Understand, which is a very short-handed version of how to do an investigation. You can, you're welcome to review that uh, episode. It was, it was early on. I think it was our first volume, our first year of business-wise. We've never had to repeat ourselves so far in three years. Uh, any of the information just gives you an idea of how vast Mr. Hubbard's research is in this area. But anyway, however you do it, you want to find out the why that is the real reason that when resolved, we'll raise those statistics again. So was, let's say we, we discover that we have an antiquated CRM that's been crashing and it's just what it is no longer really supported by our modern computers and so on. It's like, and the guys are starting to use their smartphones instead of the database, and they're not really getting good knowledge on each prospect before they contact them and so on. All this data would be solved. All these, this situation would be solved if we had a proper database that contained the information we need and could also track the number of contacts, the letters being sent to them, the emails being sent to them and so on. Common sense for any sales area, right? But we don't have that. That's our why. Okay. So three, get a general program drawn up, get it approved as a program, with who is to do each part. So you're probably going to have, you know, maybe you're going to have your human resources department do some hiring. Uh, maybe you're going to have your division five, which is qualifications, working on a general staff training to improve the quality of salesmanship and so on. But we're going to assign to our sales director this target, you know, let's put in a new CRM. Okay. So uh, that gets approved. It's uh, the, the, the board of directors has approved it. The owner has approved it. The top executives have approved it. We're all going to work on this. We're going to be able to get financing for it and so on. That's the general program. And you get it approved as a program with who's going to do each part. Step four, get the different parts of the program drawn up as a targeted project with who is to do each project. Get these approved. So now we've done the program. If we were smart, we'd say, oh, so this one's been assigned to the sales director, but by Jove, he's going he's gonna to stumble up on this one if he doesn't write a project. So we teach him how to write a project or we get him to write a project. He writes the project. Now we approve that. That can be a local approval. Uh, in actual fact, if the sales director is sharp enough and he's trusted, he doesn't have to get it approved by anybody, but uh, he might have to get it approved by somebody, particularly if he's not used to doing these, but he now writes his project with the targets, as I express them, you know, make sure that the, all the computers are, you know, everybody's got a computer that they can all be, they can all support the CRM, uh, that they're all being checked out on their tutorials, that they're being drilled on using the tutorials. And then we, uh, check and qualify them to make sure that the next five prospects that they talk to, they're using the new database. These are the kinds of simple targets that are done on a project, right? Step five, get the projects executed. Now, you could have other projects. You could have a hiring project. You could have a public relations project, all connected to the same situation that you're dealing with uh, in your overall program, 
right? But this project here, this is particularly addressing the CRM aspect of the problem. Okay. Because you could also find that the broader situation is uh, new sales personnel who haven't been trained. Part of what they're uh, not trained on is the CRM. And, but they also may need you know, sales training of, uh, and other forms. That could be other targets, could be other projects. I hope I'm not losing you on this, am I? Your broader situation would not be just the CRM issue, but an actual training or hatting issue, then you might have targets on the program assigned to other divisions of the organization, which require them to A, hire more salespeople, B, train more salespeople, C, address the public relations of the company to make sales easier, etc. But right now we're talking about the sales director. He's implementing this brand new CRM that we're supposed to be using, not just installing, but using uh, to increase sales. All right. So uh, step five, get the projects executed. Simple enough. Step six, complete all the projects. So we've got projects now across the organizing board here. We're getting them all done. And the final step, step seven, report the program as done. Man, you do that consistently. Your operation, your business, your company, your group is going to consistently rise higher and higher and higher on the scale as an effective, efficient, uh, productive, prosperous enterprise. And not only that, an expanding zone of influence, which I happen to think is also very important. All right. Now, as Trevor goes on to say, this is a correct sequence. To do anything else is to omit steps in the sequence. So I hope you noted down those seven steps. One, see if there is a situation. Two, find out its why. Three, get a general program drawn up. Get it approved as a program with who is to do each part. Four, Get the different parts of the program drawn up as a targeted project with who is to do each project. Get these approved. Five, get the projects executed. Six, complete all the projects. Seven, report the program as done. Those are your seven steps. Goes on to say this. Thus, when this procedure is shortcut, the whole organization can look batty. It can also have its staff frantic and overworked without producing anything. Now, he makes a very interesting point here. Listen to this. One of the next upcoming lines, he says, it is vital he refer to policy to support his program. Isn't that interesting? He's tying in now policy on the admin scale. So the, the admin scale starts with goals, purposes, policy, plans, programs. Now we're down to projects. But he's saying, look, Better make sure your program is aligning with the policies that you've created. If you want to know more about policies, listen to the earlier episodes on policies. It's a critical, vital part of the admin scale, often brushed off. So don't do that. Uh, study up on what a policy really is and make sure your programs align to your policies and your policies align to your goals and purposes. Okay. Now he makes a point here. You're probably following, and I'll bet you're thinking, this looks like a lot of writing. <laughs> Well, actually, that's what Mr. Hubbard says. He says, this looks like a lot of writing. It saves a lot of work. Look, do not, do not omit planning, programming, targeting from your management system. You will be frantic. You will be overworked. You will get nowhere. So anybody who tells you that planning is a waste of time, 
doesn't know what they're talking about. Putting time into correctly planning, programming, writing the projects, writing the targets, getting them aligned to your goals and purposes and policies, that's what makes it a thing of beauty. That's what makes your organization just run like a Swiss watch. I'm part Swiss, by the way, so I love that analogy. He goes on to say, programs and projects are easily corrected and brought on policy. The actual work is costly and impossible to correct. Yeah, if you write a program and a project, you can align it up. You can say, yeah, this aligns with the planning. This aligns with the policy. This aligns with the goals. If you don't write them and you just have people working, they can go way, way, way off the rails, way off the admin scale, and that becomes impossible to fix. It's easy to correct a line of writing in a project or a program. Not so easy to resolve the actual disasters that can be created by people operating off of the admin scale. He says, the wise staff member would clamor for this system. Further, he would ask, when told to repaint the students, where is the program and the project order? He'd routinely find that he was often doing a job not approved by anyone but his senior and disapproved of by the rest of the organization. So you get a, if you, as an employee, you get a weird order, ask for the project, ask for the program. You want me to repaint the students? That's the example Mr. Hubbard gives here. You know, you want me to cement in the front door? <laughs> you want me to put a cinder block, you know, and block off the front door so that nobody can come in? You get an order like that? Where's the project? All right. So um, programs, this is Mr. Hubbard's words, programs set priorities. They let a staff work as a team. They get the coins of the org, short for organization. They get the coins of the org correctly invested in needful work. You know, view your staff as coins to be spent. They're resources. Their time is a resource. Their training is a resource. Invest it wisely. Don't let them spin around doing useless work by failing to put in a program project system based on real situations and real wise. Goes on to say, he wraps it up. He says, needless to say, a program must handle actual situations, the situations which depress production and prosperity. These are vital steps in running an org or working in it. Don't run about frantically or sink into apathy. Get your executives and staff program project conscious, save work, get prosperous, L. Ron Hubbard. All right. So uh, that gives you pretty much all you need to know about projects, but I am going to do one more episode. It's actually something brand new. Next week, I'm going to try something with you, which we've never done before on Business Wise. So stay tuned for next week. We're going to put one more episode into projects before we go on to the uh, next level below that on the scale, which of course is orders. And I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Do give us a like if you liked it. Give us your comments. As I mentioned, we always read them and we enjoy them. And we especially enjoy hearing from you. So write us at info at We'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much for listening.